0: This is a Sport Australia podcast production.
1: Hello and welcome to our Coaching and Officiating podcast series. My name is Cam Trudell and I'm the project lead for Coaching and Officiating at Sport Australia. Over this series, we will look at what it takes to modernize Australia's Coaching and Officiating system. Each podcast, we will be joined by a special guest who will share experiences and practical tips on their topics. Today it's brilliant to have Carrie Graff join us in the studio. Carrie has coached teams in the WNBL, WNBA and the Australian national team. At the 2015 Australia Day Honours, Carrie was appointed a member of the Order of Australia for her significant service to basketball as a coach, mentor and athlete, as well as to the community. Carrie's going to offer some perspective on on things from the athletes' point of view and what the athletes are looking for. Thanks very much for joining us. My pleasure. Carrie, over time, things have definitely changed and definitely moved in sport. But sometimes I feel that some of the areas of sport doesn't move as quickly as others. From a, an athlete perspective, how do you think things have moved and, and how do we service that?
0: Well, I, I mean, I think it's how coaching has has moved to service the new the you know the current generation of athlete whether that be community community sport and, and athletes involved at that level or high performance athletes and I think you know certainly in my time or even over the last 20 years you know coaching hasn't changed or the way we coach hasn't changed a whole lot but I think the the young people that we engage with as coaches have changed a lot in how they in how they think, in how they consume um, information, in how they they expect to be delivered information. And I think that's a critical part of coaching is to be have a currency in the mod, a modern way of communicating in an autocrat, not a, a less autocratic style of delivering information to people, whether that's young people or you know twenty 30 year old high performance athletes. So I think that's a, a big part of leading people in
1: in modern times. Yeah, that's, it's interesting because to intrinsically motivate them to turn up next week, and whether you're talking about someone at the grassroots or community level, uh, club level, or a high performance player who who wants to get better and wants to know how to get better, I'm guessing that the way that that's communicated in a, in a meaningful way becomes important. Have you got any tools in the in the kit bag that you use with regards to how you communicate differently? Have you got different ways or how do you test the waters there?
0: I mean, I think certainly for me, and i I lived through this experience as a as a coach, is that as technology became a part of how we all communicate, that athletes more and more wanted to communicate in a new way rather than an old way. They didn't want to sit and have a face-to-face conversation with me. They'd rather do it over text text even if we're on the same bus together. Um, so you can either stick to your guns and do it your way or you can say, hmm, they like it this way. How do we find a, find a mix? So, I think that, and I, and I think just the use of technology and how we communicate is how our young people are growing up. And I don't think that has to be a dirty word. I think we can embrace technology in our learning spaces. And, and even, you know, I started doing things with just using your iPad to video athletes at practice and show them immediately. You don't need high tech stuff. You can just pull out the iPad and they can see themselves. And video doesn't lie either. So, you know, for a long time in teams, you know, at high performance level, there's, you know, video analysis and you do a whole session on video. But even at the community level, you can take your own iPad and while they're doing a shooting drill, pick them up straight away and say, you know how I was telling you to shoot it a bit higher? Here, have a look at this. You're shooting darts, not a beautifully curved, loopy um, three-point shot. So I, I think, and they engage in that because they're on screens a whole lot. And they understand information that way. So I think that's that's certainly a way that at any level of coaching, the immediacy of using technology, handheld technology can be powerful in terms of a, a learning tool and an engagement tool.
1: With that sort of individualized approach, and I guess it comes with pros and cons, the individualized approach with regards to showing people in real time you know, what's happening, how does that work with the flow on effect with regards to trying to build cohesion in teams and sort of putting together the the individualized coaching areas where you as I say you're giving that real time feedback to then working in a broader group how do you, how do you bring that sort of group structure and communicate on that broader style together i think first and foremost it's about
0: understanding your your people and whether they're 6 year olds or 26 year olds whether they're new to new to sport or whether they're a veteran olympic athlete and i think it's you know <laughs> One size doesn't fit all in terms of communication style. Not one person standing at the front berating people or directing them to get in the line or to shut up or whatever it might be. It's, you know, I call it kind of coach whispering. It's understanding your people, and I can look Cam straight in the eye and I can tell him I need him to do this right now. And he goes, Yeah, gotcha, coach, done. And I can do that to Paul. And he goes, into a shell lost i'm never going to turn up here again so i think understanding different learning styles different communication styles and how your little people or your big people operate with your style is critical to individualizing people's engagement in your work as a coach to have them um interact in a, an environment where they can thrive you know socially mentally physically and
1: through their motor skill set in their chosen sport the different ways that people receive information and how they enact it when you start to talk about performance people or you're starting to talk about honing in on skills and you're giving them that feedback and they're still not getting there What's some of the methods that you can use to really target a skill without uh, becoming over technical? What are some of the ways that you soften the the conversation with them?
0: Um, Look, I think sometimes it's, uh, you know, young people can take feedback in a group and some can't. And so I think that's when there's the the pull aside or coach whispering that you can deliver it in a a different tone, in a quieter thing, and not call out a, a skill. And I think it's having your athletes understand that highlighting to them a, a skill that they may not be performing well is is about the skill it's not about them as a person just like the learning they do at school you know we're going to try it this way it doesn't mean you're a bad person or i think you're no good at this it's this skill try it this way like you're learning to draw, you do a five backwards. How can we try that another way? So I think it's using the language about can we try that a different way, use an analogy rather than a direct approach. What is it that's going to engage? And I think you just have to keep trying until you can work out what your little people can grasp. Four of them might learn it one way. Let's have a look at this, everybody, and we'll give an example of how to do it. Um, four four people are wandered off with the pixies and looking at something else. Uh, let's get in lines and I'm going to show you exactly how to demonstrate this. Two other people get it. The other five are like, this is boring. Um so I think you have to try different methods to get there's not you can't do, you can't run a training session or a fun environment just one way. I think there has to be experiential learning. It's through trial and error. Here's a couple of rules, let's go play. Let's keep it open. The creative people love that. The structured people like, can you tell us when we start? When do we finish? How what's the score? When do we go do? Can I use my left foot, my right foot? They're lost in a creative environment, but the creatives need it. So I think throughout a, a training session or a sports session there needs to be all of those catered to here's some structure and here are the rules and the guidelines here's some free play we want to be creative off you go there's two rules let's play um here's a physical part where we're all following the rules we're going to run 10 lines we're going to touch the ball this way so I think there needs to be all of those elements to try and cater to the group you're not going to catch 20 30 little people by one way and I, and I think that's the You know that's the
1: art of coaching and teaching. It's a great way of putting it, the art of coaching and teaching. And I think that when you're looking at the different layers, I'm guessing that it can become quite confronting for some new coaches coming in that are thinking, I just want to come and teach the sport. And now I've got all these other layers of complexity with regards to how I service. What sort of support do you think? And what are the ways that people could navigate uh, their way around if they do have a problem in front of them. What have you done in the past when you've sort of had that little bit of a gap?
0: Yeah, look, I mean I, I think for me, you know, my my journey into coaching was in some ways blessed. You know, I grew up with two school teacher parents, so um, and I have a degree in sports science education. So I was sort of equipped, you know, and I I played at the elite level as a young as a young person and was coached by a whole lot of different coaching styles, mostly men. Um, But I was equipped and I'd seen teaching in action throughout my family life. And if you were a kid that was sick in our family, you didn't not get to go to school. You went to your parent's school and you actually saw them in action. So I guess I came from a place of understanding how to um, engage groups of people and the position I played was a, a leading position, point guard. So it was a directive role and I wasn't a fast athlete, so I had to strategize. So I was sort of equipped, I think, through my sporting career and my family life and upbringing education about some of those things that I later realized, well, they're actual coaching skills that I'd sort of learnt by osmosis. Um, but, I, but I think you can seek those out through um, coaching course, modern coaching courses and a lot of it now is about people engagement and i think you know often our our coaches at the community level we have the sport knowledge and expertise we know the technicalities of how to kick the ball or strike the ball or shoot the ball um but what we might not have through our professional life is are those you know i won't call them soft skills because it implies that they're um less important but those people skills that are so critical to um helping people extract performance from themselves or or enjoy their their performance so i think that that would be where i'd i'd go is that if i can manage and lead people i can coach because i've got the technical part about the game i know i know that part i'm an expert in that but what i don't know is how do i control these 30 kids oh my god what do i do and i think not to have the fear around Often, we, if we're not comfortable, we go to so much structure, it's not funny. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the worst thing we can do because that's not fun for many people and for little people. They're like, really? We've got to stand in another line and we don't get a turn for 10 minutes? Like, I wouldn't turn up to that either. I've seen coaches that I'm like, let them all have a touch. Give them all a ball. Yes, it's chaotic. But guess what? That's fun. Chaos is fun. And through chaos, we learn. So, um, And let's be honest, you know, team sport environments at the high performance level are organised chaos. It's the chaos, it's the, the learnings we have through playing in chaos that allow us in a, in a pressure situation, to make practice decisions in chaotic circumstance. And, and I think that defines greatness in, in team sports that can, in chaotic situations, we can structure as much as we like. But guess what? team sports. It isn't structured. You've got to be able to make it up, right? On the spot, under pressure, in a big game, with one second to go. Um, we can't practice exactly that, but we can create a chaotic environment that allows you to navigate through that with all that duress on you. And I think you can do that. And that's where that chaotic trial and error learning for young kids in developing sports skills is so critical. And it's the coach's role to undo that control bit that we all feel, if I can keep them organized and control, I'm okay.
1: But we have to be open in that space to let it be chaotic. It's okay. It's amazing insight. Off the back of that, just changing tact a little bit, how important do you see the role of the official with regards to how they create, communicate and how they can set the tone for what sport looks like at all levels?
0: Without officials, there is no sport. And I think certainly first and foremost, it's a huge role of the coach to set an example about how the the culture around refereeing and what's okay. It's not okay to abuse a referee. It's not okay to not treat them with respect as you would a coaching colleague, a parent, or one of the, the athletes that you're coaching. And I think the change has to come from the coaching fraternity in terms of the culture of what's how we treat refereeing. Um, and um, and and I think it's you know it's part of the the building the culture of all sports that you know wrapping this culture around officiating that says it's not okay to speak to a referee in certain way and that we're we're role modelling to our young people involved in sports that that's okay blame somebody well let's start here. Let's check out our own backyard first. So, coach, what are you focused on? I'm focused on creating an environment that my athletes enjoy, have fun in, develop social skills in, learn to win and lose, learn to handle adversity, learn to be persistent. That's my job as a coach, regardless of what the level is. Um, my job is not to say anything to the referee other than, great job, ref. I might say in my mind, interesting call, but guess what, coach? The referees thinking interesting call. Why'd you call that timeout? You know, we're we're all a part of this. Coaching, infrastructure, and community—and it's everyone's responsibility. But I think um, you know officiating is critical to our sports development. And if I was a young, I officiated as a as a young elite player, I wouldn't want to do that today. With what happens still at community level sport, why would I want to do that and get abused by a parent? yelling at me when I'm 14. So I think that's a huge part of our community sports that we need to change the the culture and the environment around how, offici- how officials are treated. They're a critical element. And I think the best officials at, at all levels of, of sport are ones just like coaches that have great people skills, that can communicate, that understand the game, understand the pressures. Yes, they understand the technicalities of how to blow a whistle and what signals to call and make a decision on a play, but they can communicate with the uh, the other stakeholders in that environment, the young people that are playing. You know, as young referees, they should be coaching the athletes too, is my belief. I used to. I'd coach under i t- I'd referee under tens and coach them at the same time. That was a travel because you did XYZ. Here, have another turn. So I think
1: they're critically important to, to our whole sports system. It's really interesting because officials don't get called into play until a player in the game makes a mistake and uh, immediately we, we start to question the call so that the officials scrutinised but sometimes the players aren't scrutinised to the same level so it's, it's interesting that the human nature of sport uh, takes over. Carrie, this has been a fantastic session. We really, really appreciate it. There's a lot for uh, people to take away in that around, one, your personal experience, but also in what the future might look like with regards to how we can create these optimal learning environments. Thanks very much for joining us.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to find out more about coaching and officiating or have any feedback or questions, please email us at workforceatsportaus.gov.au. My name is Cam Trudell and I look forward to you joining me for the next podcast in the Coaching and Officiating series.